Hello, ladies and germs. This is Tim Ferriss, and welcome to the brand new Tribe of Mentors podcast. For those who have no background on me, I'm an author, early stage investor in 50 plus companies like Facebook, Twitter, Uber, Alibaba, and many others, and the host of The Tim Ferriss Show, which is a long form podcast with more than 200 million downloads. Tribe of Mentors, this new gig, is an experimental podcast similar in flavor to The Tim Ferriss Show, but much shorter much more distilled. This is season one planned for 10 to 15 episodes. And instead of my usual two to four hour interviews, Tribe of Mentors packs a punch or so it's intended in say 10 to 30 minutes on average and delivers tools, habits, and lessons learned from world-class performers in every field you can imagine. So you can think of this as a caffeine jolt of not just inspiration, but also tactical advice that you can use. The Tribe of Mentors podcast is largely adapted from my new book of the same name, Tribe of Mentors, subtitled Short Life Advice from the Best in the World, which details the routines, habits, tools of more than 130 people who are the best at what they do, including elite athletes like Kelly Slater and Dara Torres, legendary coaches like Dan Gable, at least a dozen billionaires and iconic investors, co-founders of companies like Facebook, Twitter, Dropbox, Craigslist, and others, poker and cryptocurrency, phenoms, and many geniuses you've never, ever heard of. In some cases, those are my favorites. And you can learn all about Tribe of Mentors at tribeofmentors.com. That's the book. Or find it wherever books are sold. But let's get into the audio interview. Our guest today is Whitney Cummings. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Whitney Cummings, also at WhitneyCummings.com. She is a Los Angeles-based comedian, actor, writer, and producer. She does a lot of different things. Whitney is the executive producer and, along with Michael Patrick King, co-creator of the Emmy-nominated CBS comedy Two Broke Girls. She is headlined with comics including Sarah Silverman, Louis C.K., Amy Schumer, Aziz Ansari, and many others. Her first one-hour stand-up special, Money Shot, premiered on Comedy Central in 2010 and was nominated for an American Comedy Award. Her second stand-up special, I Love You, debuted on Comedy Central in 2014 and her latest special, I'm Your Girlfriend, premiered on HBO in 2016. Whitney is the author of I'm Fine and Other Lies. What is the book or books you've given most as a gift and why? Or what are one to three books that have greatly influenced your life? All right. The first book that I feel so compelled to share with you guys, it is a very embarrassing book to admit that I have, and saying the title is very hard with a straight face, but it is called Getting the Love You Want by Harville Hendricks. Again, hate the title, but I love this book, and I give it to everyone. It is so illuminating, and it explains how we are subconsciously attracted to people who have the negative qualities of our primary caretakers. I need you to understand this. If someone had just drilled this into my head when I was 20, I would not have wasted eight years chasing around narcissists and martyring myself on people who were complete messes. Um, We are attracted to people with the negative qualities of our primary caretakers. This was a brain explosion for me to understand. It was just so eye-opening to realize that I was subconsciously gravitating towards a very specific kind of person in my personal life and in my work and employers and employees that I was hiring. And it helped me to make way better decisions and not to make hiring decisions and professional decisions based on the people who were charming and charismatic, who lit me up. 
because I now understand that that was just me producing adrenaline, um, which is a familiar dynamic for me from when I was a kid. So I just kept recreating my childhood circumstances in every professional and personal situation I walked into. And of course, adrenaline turns into dopamine. So it feels good. It's like a drug. So essentially, dysfunctional people were like a drug to me. And I could not stop dating them, hiring them, working for them. So this book helped me to dismantle the machinery in my brain uh, with the first step just being an awareness that I even had that machinery. Um, And ultimately, it saves me a tremendous amount of time that I don't keep engaging with on a personal or professional level uh, people who are exhausting, uh, time vampires as I call them. Um, so definitely get that book. It is a must. Uh, the next one is called The Fantasy Bond by Robert W. Firestone. This is a very dense book. It took me a long time to get through because it is kind of clinical, whereas Getting the Love You Want is a little more um, of an easy, digestible read. This one was a little harder for me to trudge through, but super worth it because it helped me to understand how psychological defenses work, which gave me the power to disarm my own and move into a more honest, productive way of handling conflict. Um, It just essentially helped me to stop my childhood from getting in the way of my adulthood because um, it teaches you how when we're fearful or triggered, we um, default into our child's defenses or the things that worked when we were five or six, which of course should not be um, how we make choices as adults. So it really helped me to not, um, you know, get in a time machine and go back to 30 years ago every time there's a conflict um, and to handle things uh, in the present moment with uh, present feelings instead of old old wounds basically running the show. It also was a game changer because it helped me to have compassion for other people when I was in a conflict with them because I know that their defenses were just coming up and their old stuff was coming up that had nothing to do with me. So it helped me to stop wasting so much time internalizing other people's behavior and choices um, and move on. Uh, there, since reading that book, there's not a big aftermath when there's like a weird email or there's an argument or something like I'm not spending a couple days, you know, angry over the way the other person behaves. I'm really able to, to detach from other people's actions now because I know that we're all just kind of giant children running around, um, you know, throwing grenades wherever we go. And, and, and that was super helpful for me. Um, the last one that I give to everyone, and you guys might know this by now, but it's called The Female Brain by Luanne Brizendine. It's um, uh, unbelievable. It changed my life. I you know, was so into this book that I ended up making a movie about it because I think everyone should be required to understand how their neurochemical engine works and how all of us can be a puppet of our primordial brain at times, and it's not just about the female brain, it's kind of about um, both brains, the male and the female brain, how we're wired differently, and um, it helped me to really master an understanding of our chemistry, our hormones, and especially our amygdala, which is the part of the brain that lights up when we feel fear, which then just starts trying to keep us alive. Um, And we are all kind of puppets of this, of our lizard brain at times, and I think it's so important um, that we understand this because It helps me to have more compassion and patience with myself uh, and for other people. Um, And it's invaluable when I'm dealing with big decisions or a conflict um, and gives me a lot of freedom to know how my neurology works, Um, you know, because then I can delineate the difference between a neurochemical reaction and a legitimate feeling that I'm having. Um, And it helped me to understand how 
a lot of times our primordial neurochemical reactions sabotage our modern day relationships. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I wrote a movie about it. Um, it comes out February 9th, uh, 2018. Um, and there's, you know, four storylines about each part of the brain and the stages of our relationships and how our neurochemistry changes based on um, how long we've been in a relationship with somebody. And um, it's a neurology comedy. And, you know, so if you can't get around to reading the book, maybe you can just watch the movie because that's probably an easier way to digest some <laughs> some kind of, um, for lack of a better word, heady information. Um, but that book is amazing. What purchase of $100 or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months or in recent memory? Um, this is a good one. Um, it's called a weighted blanket. Now, I'm not an expert on the science of why weighted blankets work, but I believe it's called deep touch pressure, which helps the body release more the chemical serotonin, which is the ser- the chemical that makes us happy, which I learned from making the female brain movie. Um, so when I'm anxious, stressed out, or can't sleep, I use it and I instantly feel calmer. It's like, it's like, um, this blanket you put on top of you and mine is 15. I have a 15 pound one and I have a 25 pound one. The 15 pound one I can carry around with me when I travel. Um, but having this blanket on you, it's like the feeling of hugging someone. It's like, it's like all the benefits of hugging without all the annoying hassles of having to be with a person. That makes any sense. Um, and he noted that the model that I said I liked, oh yeah, was the um, large weighted blanket from a company called Weighted Blankets Plus LLC. So I just sort of went on Amazon and, and got the ones that matched my bed. But these are unbelievable, total game changer for me. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? I feel like when I first did this question, um, when I first did Tim's podcast, I completely bombed it. And so I'm glad I get to uh, have a redo. What I would say on my billboard is just the phrase, fly high, fly high. That's it. In any given situation, I can't control anything except my reaction and my contribution to the situation. So this mantra helps me to not deplete myself with lowbrow responses to problems. You know, again, after reading The Female Brain and The Fantasy Bond and um, the Herbal Hendricks book, I learned that a lot of times when we are in conflict, we react in ways that are less than graceful or maybe less than appropriate for the situation. And um, we react with anger with, for in my case, I used to get like kind of defensive and dismissive when I felt attacked, um, which in my field, which is highly creative, there's a tremendous amount of rejection and notes and criticism and critiques. And I always took that very personally um, because of a bunch of stuff that happened 30 years ago that if you want to know about it, just read my book. I won't get into it here. Um, But what I realized is that most likely the problem that we're having will not be around in a year, but my reputation of how I dealt with that problem will be around in a year. So as long as I can handle a situation with class and grace, I usually come out having one, and I'm not going to waste a bunch of valuable time and energy feeling guilty or replaying it in my head over and over again because I was able to fly high. And 
So for me, whenever there's a conflict, there's an issue in the back of my brain, I just think fly high, fly high. Um, that's how I try to operate. In my creative work, I also try to fly high. Uh, that is a reminder to always strive for an A plus in whatever I'm doing, no matter how tired I am or how late at night it is. Uh, if I cannot fly high because I'm on some kind of time constraint, I will ask for more time and I will never settle for it's good enough. It's fine for now. Like, nope. I always put myself in a situation where I can actually fly high creatively, behaviorally, all of it. What is an unusual habit or an absurd thing that you love? Um, this does sound very crazy. I can't believe I didn't lie about my answer. But one thing I really enjoy doing that's super healthy for me is I will lie down in dirt any chance I get. I do it a lot with my rescue horse and with my dogs. There's just something hugely liberating to me about being dirty because then you don't have to worry about getting dirty. And I think that our society is so caught up in doing things perfectly and things need to be spotless and your desk needs to be organized and we're so meticulous and hypervigilant about stuff that ultimately just does not matter. No one is writing you a check for how clean your desk is. I don't think. I don't know what your job is. You know, maybe if you work at, you know, the container store or, you know, or you're a professional organizer, that's probably not great. But you know, for me, I, I just used to waste so much time and energy on the wrong things, on superficial things and aesthetics. And if my outfit is just perfect, maybe I'll get this job. If my hair is just perfect, uh, if my teeth are just white enough, nobody cares. Um, unless you're going to work for Orbit. Um, but not Orbit's, the company Orbit White. You get it. You guys are smart. Anyway, uh, for me, that is a hugely... Um, huge progress for me to just get dirty, not worry about small stuff and just work that muscle of being a little sloppy sometimes. I know there's also actual science about um, grounding, which is when you lay down on the ground and something about the electrons in the equilibrium of your neurochemicals, you're going to have to Google that yourself. I don't know enough about it. Um, but there is something fascinating that I promise to learn more about and I will tweet it out to you uh, as soon as I find it. How about that? In the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Well, you know that it's not exercise because I'm literally out of breath while I'm doing this podcast. Do you guys know why? Oh, I didn't realize reading engaged your core in such an intense way. Um, the answer to this question is uh, gratitude lists. I know Tim talks about this a little bit, but Regardless of how busy I am or how much I don't want to do them, I make myself write gratitude lists every morning, even if it's just on my phone, even if it's just in like a fake email that I screen grab. Um, it feels silly and redundant sometimes because you're writing, I'm happy for my health. I'm grateful for my a roof over my head. Like it sounds like you're just mocking yourself sometimes, but it is so important to work that muscle of positive thinking and gratitude in your brain. I promise you it is a game changer. It's really helped me to focus on what's going well, uh, which helps me to be more productive, creative, and focused because otherwise, you know, I have no mental freedom. I am comparing myself to other people. I am only thinking about what I don't have and what I haven't accomplished and that is a huge obstacle in moving forward in my creativity and being free. Negativity used to consume me, exhaust me. So now that I write these gratitude lists and have minimized that negativity muscle, I have more energy. Uh, it's just so easy for perfectionists, which I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast probably has 
a little dash of perfectionism in your brain, um, it's really easy for us to focus on what's wrong. And my job uh, for a living, I kind of find flaws. So I'm very good at that, beating myself up, being critical, focusing on the wrong thing and not being able to enjoy what I have. So I think what happens is we work so hard to achieve something and then we get it and all we do is focus on the thing we still haven't achieved. And um, that is ungrateful. So I try to really celebrate that um, every morning so that I have perspective and I can go into my day um, without being bogged down by negative thinking. And, uh, you know, oh, also, I forgot about this. This is the other thing I put in the answer is white tattoos. I have little messages tattooed all over my arms. No one can see what they are except me. So if you find yourself writing the same post-it note over and over again, which is like, be kind to people, have compassion, everyone you know, has a story you know nothing about or have grace or breathe or whatever message you wish you could um, have tattooed on yourself. You literally can, but you can do it in white ink so no one else can see it. And I'm not going to lie, white tattoos do hurt a little bit more, but, you know, I don't know, have some whiskey and, and knock it out. What advice would you give to a smart, driven college student about to enter the real world? My advice would be figure out some kind of um, charitable element to whatever endeavor you're undertaking, whether it's, you know, a benevolent motive or the literal, you know, profit, uh, donation, sort of the way that the guy from Tom's did Blake, Mykoski, am I pronouncing that right? Blake Mykoski, he was on Tim's show. Anyway, chances are, if you're reading books like this, you know, you will succeed. If you're doing the homework to read Tim's book and listen to podcasts, you're going to get everything you want. But I found that it all feels pretty meaningless if you're not in some way helping people or improving humanity in some way. And so instead of striving to be a CEO or a, you know, app developer, entrepreneur, strive to be a hero because that's what we need more of. And I promise you that those late nights and those long hours, you will be able to push through them if you have something bigger that you're trying to contribute to or change. So I had given up on a lot of things um, that did not succeed because I just didn't have enough skin in the game and I didn't care enough about the impact it was going to have. So for example, when I made the female brain movie, I wanted to give up so many times, but I couldn't because I set out to do it to make a film for my future children. I said, I want my kids to watch this. I want my kids growing up. I don't have kids, by the way, haven't even conceived kids. Don't even have a husband. Did freeze my eggs. That's a whole other story. Uh, but I had this, I'm doing this for my future children because I want them to have a handle on their neurology. I want them to be empowered. I want them to have this knowledge base so they can function better in life. And if I don't make this movie, nobody else will. So the late nights when I couldn't find a reason to care, I couldn't cross the finish line. I was tired. I was achy. My shoulders were hurting from being in editing. Um, that's what pushed me across the finish line. Same thing with my book. Writing a book was really challenging for me. I'm sure a lot of you relate to it. For some reason, I just, I, I really had a hard time. My perfectionism was crippling me and I finished it because, you know, I talked so much about my struggles with addiction, codependency, eating disorders, that I was doing it for my 17 year old self. And I wrote the book that I wish I had had when I was young and I wanted to write it for other people and be of service. So thinking about all the people who were suffering and struggling with what I had suffered with and struggled with is what got me across the finish line. Not the money, not the checks, not the fame, or the glory, or any of that kind of stuff, because ultimately that's not going to make it happen for me personally. So that's a little trick of the trade that I think really works. 
What are bad recommendations that you hear in your profession or area of expertise? Great question. It's very simple. When I first moved uh, to LA and started in this business, a lot of people were telling me to network, network. In creative fields, I think networking actually hurts you in most cases. Uh, do not waste your time socializing with people who you think can help you. Don't. It's, it's just go get better. Go help yourself. Get better. The opportunities will naturally present themselves to you once you actually deserve them. I promise. In the last five years, what have you become better at saying no to? Well, I say no to almost everything these days, except, of course, Tim Ferriss' podcast. Um, so I'm in therapy for a condition called codependence. I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about it or heard about it. My entire book is kind of about it. Um, if you don't know, codependence is a neural wiring issue that tricks me into being unable to tolerate the discomfort or perceived discomfort of others, which comes up a lot when someone asks you to do something and you want to say no, but feel like you can't. Um, but over the last couple of years, I've rewired my brain for the most part. And as a result, I no longer do anything out of guilt, pressure, or obligation. I know that might sound savage and like I'm a sociopath or something, but I promise I have learned the hard way and maybe you have too that doing things out of guilt or obligation actually isn't nice uh, because we end up being resentful about it. It poisons our relationships and friendships and it causes us to sort of keep score. I'm sure you guys have all said, but I went to her baby shower last week. The least she could do is donate to my Kickstarter. We sort of naturally keep score like that. So I try to just take all that off the table. Uh, by saying no. I've also worked through releasing the shame uh, around the idea of not being the fun person who's at every party and my fear of missing out complex. I think the young kids are calling it FOMO, um, which is challenging because we do want to go to everything. We just There's only so many hours a day and depending on what our goals are, we just have to be economical with our time and energy so that we can achieve those goals. And um, that was a big energy drain for me, constantly perseverating about what I should go to, if I should go to this thing. I, I was the person who was going to three dinners a night and this birthday party and swinging by this and driving across town trying to check every box um, and overextending myself to the point of exhaustion. Uh, you know, I used to go to events that I didn't have time for, that didn't serve me, and it was poisoning my relationships and my health, frankly, and sabotaging my work. Um, an obvious corollary to this is social media and the minimization of social media. I use an app called the Freedom App to cut down on using social media because it's so unhealthy and addictive for me personally. Again, I outlined in my book my struggles with addiction. I have very addictive neurology. And of course, you know, there's articles all over about how essentially every time we go on social media, we are engaging in this fear of missing out, of seeing all the parties we weren't invited to. and um, seeing our friends hanging out without us, which, you know, spins me into that FOMO, if you will, cycle. Um, but constantly going onto social media gives my lizard brain the sense that I'm somehow being left behind or left out, which is a deeply primal survival instinct to not want to be left out, left over from when we lived in tribes. And if you weren't invited to something, you would die of <laughs> freezing to death in the cold. But, you know, our best by you know, sort of the theme of my movie is evolution has not caught up with modern technology. So we are still having some very old reptilian brain fears in a very new world where they're not particularly necessary or serving us anymore. Um, 
So I am really big on unfollowing a lot of even close friends on social media and coworkers as well, uh, which actually makes our relationships much stronger. So we're now in a place where it's not just invitations that we're going to have to be forced to stand up for ourselves and say no to. Um, we can do it with grace and class, but we also have to say no to a lot of the social media stuff. We have to say no to being on Facebook all day. We have to say no to every words with friends invite. We have to say no to all of the mass Instagram meme sendings and mass texts that we're constantly getting. You know, I really just have to say no uh, to a lot of that because otherwise it's literally all I would do all day and no one is paying me to be on social media yet. I should work on that. When you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, what do you do? Great question. Um, I have in my phone, in the photos section, department, whatever you call it, the photos app, I don't know, I made a custom album called Calm. You can call it whatever you want. I just call it Calm. And I've curated a bunch of photos, videos of my animals, of pictures that I think are funny or entertaining, memes that I like, inspiring quotes, articles about neurology, gratitude lists that I've made and screen grabbed or taken pictures of and put in there. Sorry, I'm running out of breath. I really need to do more crunches. Um, anyway, so I have this custom folder of basically all of the things that make me happy and I put them in one place. And when I'm stressed out, anxious, angry, old feelings come up, new feelings, whatever it is, I go into that folder and it's basically all the things that I love all in one place. And it instantly soothes my brain, whether it's like the Pavlovian thing at this point, or I'm just able to release serotonin and dopamine from looking at, you know, pictures of my nieces are on there, one of my nephews, whatever makes you smile, whatever makes you happy, whether it's pictures of you on a vacation, um, your children, your animals, your husband, your wife, whatever it is, um, quotes that you like, books that you like. I have, you know, pictures of this piggy bank in my office that I just makes me happy that someone gave me that, um, you know, creates good feelings. And I've done enough um, research on neurology that basically all we're doing all day is either giving ourselves adrenaline or dopamine, adrenaline or dopamine. And dopamine is the one that you want. You don't want too much of it because then you're in addict territory if you're seeking it. Um, I've made that mistake. But looking at soothing images that um, can help me control my day and my reactions. So I realized that when I'm adrenalized or distracted, emotional, I just go into this album and it always just grounds me. It reminds me of what's important in life and what's temporary um, because I can make ephemeral things feel very big and permanent when I don't have perspective. So it's a super helpful tool to have at work because I can do it around people. You can do it while traveling, you can do it on a plane, you can do it when you're at a red light, but do not text and drive, not good. Um, and there are times that I don't have the luxury to go meditate for 20 minutes or to go on a walk or to call someone and vent. There are times where I'm in a meeting where I literally can look at my phone for 30 seconds possibly. Um, and I have to figure out a shortcut to getting my sanity back. Um, oh, but you're going to want to put your phone on airplane mode before you do it so that you're not getting texts and emails while trying to find sanity away from your texts and emails. Um, anyway, so that really works for me. I hope it works for you. That is, uh, the end of my reading of my chapter for you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want any more in-depth information on the codependent stuff, the therapy stuff, it's all in my book. It's called I'm Fine and Other Lies. It's on Amazon. It's on Audible. 
anywhere fine books are sold, you can find it. Um, and any more um, information on the neurology stuff, which I know I covered a lot but didn't have time to dig too deep into, will be in the movie that I made. Um, it's called The Female Brain. I wrote it with Neil Brennan. And it'll come out February 9th, 2018. I hope you enjoy that. Uh, I'm Wendy Cummings. You know where to find me online, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, blah, 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 all the things. Thanks. Love you guys. Bye. Hey guys, Tim Ferriss again. If you enjoyed this, just a little taste of this guest, then you will love Tribe of Mentors, the book, subtitle, Short Life Advice from the Best in the World, which details the routines, habits, and tools of more than 130 people who are the best at what they do. And you can pick and choose. It is a choose-your-own-adventure buffet, but you have just about everyone imaginable. And you can find free chapters, the full list of mentors at tribeofmentors.com and wherever books are sold. So take a look, tribeofmentors.com. Thank you.